So let's get into the Word of God this morning. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the book of Joshua? Uh, the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And actually, uh, I'm going to have you uh, stand in honor to the reading of the Word of God. Uh, one of the things that I did in the morning service, so that you know the context of why we're sharing what we're sharing is, um, and I'm curious actually, how many of you love change? Some people do, some people do. So, so we might have more in this service than in the last one. I think we had two hands. We, I think I saw five, maybe four. Um, and so a lot of people don't like change. And so at our meeting on Friday, we talked about uh, some changes that are happening, some transitions. Um, and uh, so, so we are processing that. Um, one of the significant changes uh, you kind of heard it alluded to is uh, Pastor Ryan and Abigail. Uh, first thing I want to say is they are not leaving the church. They are still here. We sat down. We talked about how the Lord was leading them. And uh, they're feeling like God is, is phasing them out of youth ministry to do something else potentially. And so, uh, you know, the numbers in youth are very, you know, low. Uh, a lot of times it's mostly the young adults. And so that's why for the next couple months they're doing a combined group. And so that is a transition that is taking place. We also talked on Friday about uh, uh, we had started, I think we've gone twice now to Mexico. Is that right? Twice uh, for our missions trip. And because of tension and stuff going on in Mexico, our missionaries are kind of holding back. So it appears that we may not be going to Mexico. So that is another transition, obviously the transition from going here to there. And so we're talking transitions. Uh, we're talking change. Uh, the majority of us don't like change. And so that will be kind of the reference point as we get uh, into our message today. Joshua 1, 1 through 9. Uh, again, I had something originally uh, in mind for this message, but uh, because of Friday, this is where we are. This is where the Lord led me. The Bible says, uh, after the death of Moses, and no, nobody's dying. I'm just, after the death of Moses, though, the servant of the Lord, uh, uh, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you, where you set your foot as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. How many of you know that's a promise to us as well? He will never leave us nor forsake us. He's, but here... Word of God talking to Joshua, verse 6, Be strong and courageous, because I, you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Again, verse 7, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be very successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? What? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. 
for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for how you work in the lives of your people. Thank you for uh, how you're going to encourage us this morning and challenge us uh, in some of our thinking and uh, even in the way that we live, God. I pray that we would honor you with our lips, the words of our lips, and with our lives, God. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So strength and courage are words and characteristics that are usually reserved for heroes and maybe some first responders. Like the brave men and women of the armed forces who go out on the front lines and put themselves in harm's way to defend our freedom and our way of life with strength and courage. I also think about the men and women of our police force who protect and serve daily in our communities and do their very best to keep our streets safe, to keep our city streets safe for all of us. They lay their lives on the line every single day with strength and courage. Or I think about uh, the men and women of our local fire departments who at the sound of an alarm brave dangerous situations to save property and the lives of complete and total strangers with strength and courage. We might even think about uh, some missionaries, right? Missionaries who are serving in third world countries um, where Christianity might be illegal, where that if they are caught sharing the gospel or handing out tracts or giving Bibles, it would be dangerous for them. It would be illegal for them. And so if they are caught, their lives are in danger for just sharing the gospel, but they would do it gladly with strength and courage. But let me ask you a question this morning as we get started here. I want you to, it's a question that only you can answer for yourself. What do you think about strength and courage in your own life? Do you consider yourself to be strong and courageous? I mean, do you, do you, do you make the cut? Some of you, are you even on the list? Do you consider yourself that way? Or are you busy sometimes feeling weak and discouraged? See, these traits in your personal life as you serve the Lord, you know, they can be a part of your life or, or do strength and courage only apply to others? Others who look like they have it all together. You ever look at somebody and say, man, they've got it all together. They seem to anyways. Or others who seem to be flourishing in life much more than you are. It, it certainly applies to them. They, they've got strength and courage. They've got it all together. This morning, I want us to take a closer look at Joshua, who I believe was definitely strong and courageous. After all, we know that he was a, from Scripture that he was a great man of faith. And we know that when the Lord sent the, the 12 original spies to, to check out the, the promised land, uh, that when they got there, uh, there were 10, I believe, of the spies who brought back an evil report. And there were two who brought back a report of faith. And, and Joshua was one of them that brought back a good report. And she was a, he was a man of faith. And yet I believe that during this transition in leadership, it's very possible that Joshua felt a little bit inadequate. It might even be possible that the task at hand made him feel a little bit weak. 
And if you consider the, the shoes that, that he needed to fill, those were the shoes of, of the great man, Moses. He, he might have even had a momentary lapse of fear. And, and so Joshua, in that moment, may not have quickly considered himself uh, to have those traits of strength and courage. And yet life has a way of challenging us as we consider ourselves. How many of you ever have problems and circumstances that, that might, may even push you to the breaking point at times? We know that, that in the midst of that, the Lord has a plan uh, for Joshua, just like he has for us, uh, because in the mid middle of that, we know that God is always doing something new. How many of you know that God is always doing something new? He's always up to something and, and the book of Joshua, it begins actually with two phrases that I, I want us to look at as we launch this. Is The first five words of Joshua 1.1 says, after the death of Moses. And the first words that God actually speaks in verse 2 are, Moses, my servant, is dead. These two phrases might catch our attention because maybe in some way, in some small way, you can sympathize with Joshua maybe not feeling quite strong or courageous. I mean, I think we've all had times like that too. Anybody ever have a great day uh, in church or in life and a great day full of victory, like everything is happening and it's so good, a day of breakthrough, and then a day like Monday comes along and it almost knocks you to your feet. A day where, where, you know, everything is great and all of a sudden you turn around and it feels like someone just punched you in the gut. One moment you are feeling awesome and great and blessed and the next moment life gets you down and depressed. I, I, I don't know if there's anyone out there that has ever had that happen, but I know I have. See, Israel had been led by Moses for 80 years. 80 years, Moses was their leader. Moses was the leader who led the people of God out of Egypt. Moses had been there with the parting of the Red Sea. Moses was there when the uh, miraculous provision of manna took place. Moses had prayed for them to be spared for God, from God's wrath. Moses had brought to them the, the very law of God. Moses was the leader through all of that. And the people were used to him. And, and the people respected him. And, and the people, for the most part, followed his lead and yet the book of Joshua begins with these significant phrases after the death of Moses Moses my servant is dead and we have to ask ourselves what did this transition mean for the people of Israel I mean, I believe it meant in Joshua chapter 1 that the people of God and Joshua are undergoing a time of change. They're undergoing a time of stress. They're undergoing a time of sorrow. All of the things that I think many of us can relate to. See, they were undergoing change because their leader for more than two generations was now gone and somebody new was in his place. Some of us get bent out of shape if our, uh, you know, if our mailman is different or we go to the local office where you pay your utility bill and, and things are different. They shove you in a different line or, or they move the location. You show up downtown where it used to be and there's signs everywhere. We have moved our location. We are now located at and we get bent out of shape because it's changed and a majority of us don't like change. Good, good, I love it. 
I mean, things are going to be different with a new leader. Life is going to be different. Decisions are not going to be made the exact same way. God was about to do something new, and they were undergoing stress because change is difficult. Anybody say amen to that? Sometimes change is difficult, specifically for the people of God. They were going to go into a land that had been promised to them. They had never gone into before, and they were going to go there to settle it. And now Joshua, not Moses, was going to be the one leading them. They were also undergoing sorrow because I mean, be serious. They had just lost a man that was near and dear to their hearts. And grief is normal at the death of someone who is that important. Moses was dead. No longer to be seen and, and no longer to be heard. They would miss his voice. And so Joshua chapter 1, we, we see Joshua taking on the mantle of leadership right smack in the middle of change and stress and sorrow. And in our text, God had some specific words for Joshua and he's, as he's taking this new role, as he's taking on and accepting greater responsibility. And so it occurred to me that the same issues that Joshua and the Israelites were facing are the same issues that maybe you and I face today. We face change. We face stress. We at times face sorrow. And uh, very often these things happen when God is doing something new. Yet one of the most uh, important principles of the Bible is that God's word doesn't change. How many of you know that? God's word uh, does not change. And his word to Joshua in the midst of change and stress and sorrow is the same word that he gives to you and I this morning. Be strong and courageous. But Pastor Freddie, it's hard right now. Be strong and courageous. I don't know if I'm going to make it, Pastor Freddie. Be strong and courageous. But you don't understand. Be strong and courageous. See, in the first nine verses, God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous. How many different times? Anybody uh, pick up on those? Once? Was it twice? Three times. Three different times. So you know that the Lord wanted Joshua to hear those words. He wanted Joshua to own those words. Now, the first word God tells Joshua is to be strong. Say strong. Strong comes from the Hebrew word, which means to strengthen. It, strong means to harden. Strong means to prevail. Strong means to grow firm, to be resolute. It seems to be a strong action word that indicates a, a, an external physical action like physical strength of your arms and your hands and your legs. When I think of strong, I think of habits or actions that actually lead to a, a positive result, kind of like working out at the gym to get fit. I said this earlier this morning. I don't know how many of you, actually, I'm curious, do any of you go to the gym? Two of you. Three of you. All right. So I don't know any people that go to the gym, that pay for a membership, that go through that whole process, and you don't want anything in return. You are paying to use those machines, and you are paying to smell some of the sweat, and you are all of that that, that entails. You are there. You, are, you usually want a result. And when I think of strong, that's the kind of action that I'm talking about. Then the second word that God tells Joshua is to be courageous. 
that Hebrew word comes, that, that comes from a Hebrew word which means to be alert, to be brave, to feel strong in one's heart, to be bold. It seems to be a word that speaks of strength, not necessarily on the outside with action, but rather an inner strength of character and having security within oneself. When I think of courageous, I think of internal attitudes and thoughts that lead to a positive result. This morning, we are blessed. This morning, we are called. This morning, we are equipped to do great and awesome things for Jesus Christ. And in the face of trouble, greater is he that is in you and greater is he that is in me than he's he who is in the world that's what courageous sounds like what does any of this mean to any of us this morning remember we all face the same issues that joshua and the israelites faced you and i we face change we face stress we face sorrow again many times those things taking place when god is doing something new and so when we face these same things god is commanding you and i to be strong in our actions and in our deeds but to be bold and brave and courageous on the inside with our attitudes. And so I want to look at those three words a little deeper. The first one I want us to look at is change, that thing that so many of us uh, don't like. Say it one more time for me, change. change. I believe that change is constant in our lives. How many of you would agree with that statement? Change is constant. It's something that, that some of us, many of us, most of us maybe dislike, except for our little buddy here and a couple others. That's fine. That's great. Change comes in our health as we get older and our joints hurt and our, our bones break easier and, and we can't always do what we used to be able to do. Change comes when our parents move in, uh, in with us or an adult child or grandchild moves back home with us. Change comes as we move through the different stages of life from uh, junior high into high school and maybe college into, uh, um, is on the horizon or maybe you're headed towards retirement. Change is coming. Change comes if we take on new jobs or even if the job stays the same but you get a new boss. And change comes when uh, when your paycheck can't keep up with your bills any longer and we may no longer have the lifestyle that we are accustomed to, change happens. Change comes in different shapes, forms, fashions. It's a part of life. So what do we do with all this change? How should we react? What strong actions can we take during that change? What courageous attitudes should we have during change? I think that when change rocks our world, we should want to stay rooted and anchored into something or someone that does not change. Remember, God is the one doing or allowing something new to come our way, and we know that God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And so we, I mean, we just forgot for a minute. We lost our minds for a moment when these things come our way, when change came our way. We lost our mind because life changed to smack you upside the head. James 1.17 reminds us that God does not change like the shifting shadows. Psalm 18 and verse 2 says, the Lord is my rock. He is my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, refuge my my shield and, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So when change comes, and you know it will, I didn't say if, when change comes, hold on to Jesus like never before. Draw a little closer to him. Maybe go a little deeper. Again, that's part of what we're trying to accomplish with our season of fasting and prayer that, that some of you, maybe like in the song that we talked about being asleep, some of us are asleep. Some of us are getting used to going through the motions of religion, going through the motions of church. And I'm talking about being awake and allowing God to awaken us and, and realize that the days are short, that time is short, that you don't know what is promised if, and tomorrow is not promised. And today, Today you've got to live for Jesus and today you've got to surrender to him and today you've got to let him be the one that helps you to handle all change. Because guess what? This flesh, come on, you can put on a, a straight face and be like, oh no, I never panic. Oh no, change happens. I'm, I'm okay with getting my salary cut in half. Oh no, that eviction notice, no big deal. Oh no. You know your flesh wants to panic. You know we want to get mad. You know we want to react. You know that your emotions can be all over the place. But the word of God, the Lord is telling us that we can be strong when it comes to change if we're anchored into him. I shared this a little bit with, uh, with uh, early service um, and they're not here right now, but the transition that's happening with Pastor Ryan and Abigail with youth, um, we definitely had a reaction for people to hear it the first time. Anytime you see someone, uh, again, they're not leaving the church. They're just, they're not doing youth anymore, you know, and so they're transitioning out. Um, there's like this, you know, a couple of teenagers that sometimes come, sometimes don't. Uh, the young adults are kind of keeping it going, and uh, we don't know what we're going to do mo moving forward, but uh, in my life, when I was a teenager, I remember my first youth pastor when I gave my life to Jesus and how much he meant to me and to us, uh, you know, just that he, he, he poured everything into us. He loved on us. We were used to him preaching. He was from Newfoundland. And so uh, affectionately, we used to call him a goofy newfie. I don't know if these guys call Ryan anything, but I'm sure it's not goofy. Um, but anyways, he loved us. We loved him. Him. one day he left and let me tell you what we were brokenhearted and and we didn't want him to leave and and I, some of us may have begged him to stay and and we might have tried to figure out what happened and and but God was doing something new and he moved on and his ministry was blessed elsewhere and and we were kind of left hanging in that moment I, I remember that he wasn't replaced by the church uh, we were kind of in limbo there wasn't any communication but about five or six of us that were older in the youth group, we were like, 
we can't let this fall apart. We can't let this go by the wayside. So I remember meeting with the pastor and saying, hey, uh, pastor, um, we know that Pastor Wayne is gone, but some of us, about six of us, we have a heart to keep this going. And, and maybe with your permission, if we could, and, and uh, you know, we had people obviously checking in on us, but, but they let us lead and that would have never happened maybe with Pastor Wayne there. We wouldn't have felt the need to step up. We wouldn't have said, you know, we could do it. And so God was doing something new. He was using this hard circumstance. It was hard. We, uh, so I'm from Newburgh, New York. We visited, I think it was a two-hour, three-hour trip because he was in up, upstate New York. Uh, and so I remember the first time we went and visited him up in uh, Binghamton, New York, and saw he had... He went from 20-something of us to like 300 in a bigger church. And so he was blessed. And we were, we were in tears just watching his ministry flourish. But at the same time, he was in tears because he felt bad about leaving us behind. But wasn't he encouraged when he heard that we had taken the mantle, even for a little season, that we had said, nobody's going to, you know, if nobody's going to step in, we're going to keep it going. We're going to do something. And God was able to use that season of change to build us up. And, and for us in that, when that change comes, I believe that strong habits of reading God's word is what will help you and me to maintain our faith. Strong habits of prayer help us to stay connected with God as we move daily through those changes. Strong fellowship with the body of Christ will help us to be encouraged. It reminds us that we are not alone. I said this in the earlier service, Satan will trick you. He, when the change comes, I have seen many people take their ball and leave. I have seen many people that are crushed by the, by the change. They let it just get to them and they, they, they can't stand it. They, they can't come anymore. I, I've, I've heard it. Pastor Freddie, I can't come to your church anymore. You don't offer this anymore. Pastor Freddie, they were here and we love them and they're not there anymore. And so we're just going to leave. And it's one thing if the Lord is leading you to another place, but when you say that you're leaving and you don't end up anywhere and then you become a casualty that Satan, he's so sly. He will get you all agitated in your own unreasonable emotions of the moment. And so, uh, you know, uh, this is extra. When a change happens, don't overreact. In fact, hold on to whatever you think you want to do. Hold on for a minute. Give Jesus a chance to talk to you. Give God an opportunity to line things up for you. Don't be drastic. Listen, together we're better. And so we can be strong in the face of change and, and be courageous when it comes to change too. And so we need to seek a, after a bold attitude that even though things are changing, God is in control. Anybody believe that this morning? No matter what happens, God is in control. And so seek after an attitude that even if you don't like what's going on, blessing may come from it. Ask for eyes of faith to see what God is doing and where exactly he wants you to be. And so be strong and courageous when it comes to change, but be strong and courageous when, he com when it comes to stress too. Anybody ever get stressed out? Anybody ever deal with hard stress, unreasonable stress? Stress comes our way. Stress is a strange part of life. 
It comes from various sources and different things stress us out at different times in our lives. What stresses one person out may not uh, even phase another person. Uh, you know, with, with whatever issues there are, we are all unique and we are driven differently. It's been said that stress in our bodies and our minds is, is actually a reaction to demands and threats that come our way. I'm gonna say that again. Stress is our bodies and minds reacting to demands or threats. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, uh, there are at least three kinds of stress that, we ca that carry physical and mental health risks. Routine stress related to the pressures of work, family, and other daily responsibilities. Routine, additional stress brought on by sudden negative change, such as losing a job or going through a divorce or, or, or having an illness. And then there's trauma, traumatic stress, experienced in an event like a a major accident, a, a war, a, a, an assault, or a natural disaster, which one, which one may be, in which one may be seriously hurt or in danger of being killed. Now, listen, the body reacts to stress. How many of you know that your body will react? Anybody ever get stressed out and then you get sick? Anybody ever get stressed out and feel like you got an ulcer happening? All of a sudden, your immune system is weak. Listen, that people going through stress, they deal with digestive symptoms, headaches, sleeplessness, depressed mood, anger, and irritability. People under chronic stress are prone to uh, you know, viral infections. All of a sudden, they've got the flu or cold symptoms. They just pop up. Uh, just all kinds of things. Stress is serious business for our minds, our emotions, our spirits, and our bodies. But we, but what are we supposed to do when it comes? Because it will come. It will come. How should we react to it? One, what strong actions can we take during the stress? What courageous attitudes can we have during the stress? Well, we need to understand that when stress occurs, the best thing you and I can do is remain connected. Remain connected with God. Remain connected with God's people. Remain connected in, in just in the word because he is our peace. Psalm 4 and verse 8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I know this doesn't happen all the time, but have you been in a place where you should be in turmoil and because of God's peace you can sleep well? Again, it doesn't always. Sometimes we carry that stress differently and it's like, all right, it's three in the morning. I'm, I'm uh, on Facebook or on social media. I can't sleep. I'm walking around. I'm watching late night TV because I'm not handling the stress and the change very well. Psalm 29, 11 says, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. In this instance, we can think of peace like the opposite of stress. And so be strong when it comes to stress. In fact, strong habits of Sabbath and resting will help big time in combating stress and follows the design of how God made us. God did not make you to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every single day of the year. And if you try it, I can almost guarantee that you're going to get sick. You're going to be stressed. Something is going to happen. It's not good. At the same time, we know that exercise can also play a, um, can, uh, physical 
exercise can also physically fight stress. And so rest and exercise are beneficial here. And don't forget that the Holy Spirit is the comforter and our counselor. So I would say this, it's really awesome. It's really good to spend time in his presence and to pray in the spirit to fight against stress in your life. If you're a tongue talker, talk in tongues. Let Jesus touch your life. Let him minister to you in that way. God is real. And in those moments, you can connect with him. Listen, my pastor growing up, actually, he used to preach and teach about tarrying or waiting in the presence of God to experience peace. And we don't hear enough of that. See, we, we try to handle things. We try to carry them. You ask somebody how, you're, how they're doing, like, I'm all good. I got it. I'm all set, you liar. You don't have it all set. You probably need help. You, you would probably benefit from some prayer and some fellowship. You would probably be good being in the house of the Lord taught a long time ago. When you're struggling, when you're dealing with stress, get to the house of God. Be around God's people. But Pastor Freddie, I'm, a, I'm, I'm such a funk. I don't want to be around people. Sometimes you got to force yourself. Sometimes you got to let people see your face. No makeup. No covering up of, of the pimples. No, you know, just this is who I am. And it ain't pretty all the time. This is who I am. We need each other. We need God's presence we need his peace. We need to celebrate with God at the end of each day, whether you feel it or not, even when you don't see that he is working. He is working on your behalf to de develop strength and courage in your life. Listen, like in a prayerful attitude, know in your heart that God is with you wherever you go. In fact, pray for peace and don't be afraid to ask for prayer. We all need prayer. We all need help. Man, I'm never offended when you say, Pastor, I've been praying for you. I've actually seen people like, why? I'm okay. I'm good. Hey, listen, we all need prayer. Prayer makes a difference. Let people pray for you. And, and you know, in those moments of stress, in those moments of heaviness, ask for prayer. Isn't it just like the devil to keep you thinking that you can just handle it on your own? You don't need nobody when you really do need him and us. If you're feeling stressed, it's important to deal with it now. Before it gets out of control, stress is not a fruit of the spirit. Stress is not a fruit of the spirit. We, we need, you know, some people say, well, well, you know, God put the sickness on me or God put all this heaviness on me. He can use it. I, I'm not going to say he put it on you. I'm not going to say he gave you a disease to teach you a lesson or a virus to, to, to strengthen your faith. That's backwards thinking. Uh, yes, all things work together for good, but all things don't come from God. We need to spend more time in the Lord's presence, being blessed and refreshed, and then you and I will be sure to be less stressed. So be strong and courageous. When it comes to change, be, be strong and courageous when it comes to stress. And finally, be strong and courageous when it comes to sorrow. Anybody ever experienced sorrow? Sadness? Agony? Anguish? Hardship? Heartache? Melancholy? Misery? 
mourning, pain, regret, remorse, sadness, trouble. These are all synonyms for the word sorrow. And we find sorrow in the Bible all over the place. Remember, Jesus tells us in John 16, that in this world, you will have trouble. Replace that word trouble with sorrow. In this world, you will have sorrow. In this world, you have trouble. I mean, we know that Jesus and the disciples definitely dealt with sorrow before he went to the cross. How do we know it? Scripture tells us in Mark 14, and 34, it says, he, Jesus, took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began began to be deeply distressed. Who are we talking about? Jesus began to be deeply distressed and troubled. If he's deeply distressed and troubled, you can't say you're never deeply distressed and troubled. Verse 34, my soul is overwhelmed. Who's overwhelmed? Jesus is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. And in Luke 22, 44 and 45, it says, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Who are we talking about here? Jesus. He's in anguish. He prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Listen, I don't want to get into a theological discussion whether it was real blood or not. It was like real blood. And so we know that the drops fell to the ground. He was in such distress. And we know that he rose from prayer. He went back to his disciples. He found them in sleep, exhausted from what? Sorrow. Sorrow, like change and stress, is a normal part of life. In fact, sorrow is a normal part of life because it has so many synonyms. Something that's not that important wouldn't have so many descriptive words. In addition, I know that sorrow is a normal part of life because there are stages of life that sorrow touches with different names. And we only name things that are important. So what are we supposed to do in the middle of sorrow in life? How should we re react when we're sorrowful? What strong um, actions can we take during sorrow? What courageous attitudes should we have during sorrow? Listen, I believe that we need to understand and remember that when sorrow occurs, when sorrow occurs, God's presence is right there next to us. Where is God? We ask that sometimes. God, where are you? God, did you leave? Why, why am, not, am I not feeling you? We know from the word of God, he never leaves, he never forsakes. And so if you're not feeling, it's not about feelings, it's about a walk of faith. And sometimes you've got to tell yourself, it doesn't matter what you feel at this moment. God is real, God is good, God is present. He hasn't left. When our hearts are broken, we have a God who sees our brokenness. He desires to help. Job 5.11 says, the lowly he sets on high and those, he, those who mourn are lifted to safety. Psalm 34.18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He's what? He's close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. 
Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. Matthew 5 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Be strong when it comes to sorrow. In times of sorrow, demonstrate faith by continuing to read Scripture and pray even when you don't feel like it. This pastor does not always feel like reading the Word of God. <gasps> this pastor does not always feel like uh, uh, praying. Wow. This pastor doesn't always feel like coming to church. It's real. Listen, in, in times of sorrow, you've got to walk in faith. You've got to say, you know what? I don't feel like reading the Bible, but I'm going to read it. I don't feel like praying, but I'm going to pray. I don't feel like being around the people of God, but I'm going to get there because something might happen. God is doing something new, and I've got to be in a place where I'm letting him do it. Sometimes when the time is right, we need to untangle ourselves from the ties that bind us to a person or to a thing that we've lost along the way. Sometimes that's, that's healing that needs to take place, right? We need to reinvest ourselves in new relationships and friendships and goals. In other words, you need to keep moving forward. The worst thing you can do is quit. The worst thing, listen, Satan is always trying to take you out. Wouldn't it be good if, I, you know what? No one would miss me if I wasn't here. If I would just end this life, it would be so much better. If I could just be not around people, it would be so much better. If I could just be on my own. Lies, 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 lies. You got to keep moving forward. Be strong in the Lord. He is our strength when it comes to sorrow. Be courageous when it comes to sorrow too. Ask through prayer that God will send hope into our lives and dwell with us. Fight against irrational attitudes irrational ad that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying you know what I'm lonely I feel depressed I feel down and so the irrational thing uh, you know I'm gonna run I'm gonna stay alone I'm gonna lock myself in my room I'm not gonna be around people I'm not gonna those are irrational thoughts though you know the devil will feed that all day long they, they won't believe you they they won't like you they'll talk about you they'll look at you differently if you share your hurt and your pain, and God is saying there is freedom in sharing. There is freedom in transparency. There is freedom. Have open conversations with God about feelings and blame and hardship and don't shrink back. Listen, you might think this is disrespectful, but God's mercy and grace is on me too. There have been times in my life when I'm angry at God and I tell him. Times when I feel like God has disappointed me, like he's made a promise and it just hasn't come to pass. And so I'm impatient and I say, Lord, you lied to me. Lord, you, you left me. Lord, you, you, why did you do that? Can I say that that's okay to do? 
I'm going to say it anyways. It's okay to do. God is not surprised by your tears, by your anger, by your disgust. God is not offended by your emotions. During time of sorrow, talk to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Be strong and courageous. Don't give up. Keep moving forward. God is doing something new. Let him move. Let him work. Let him do the work in your heart and in your life that he wants to do. He won't force healing on you. He won't force restoration on you. He won't force a new season on you. But if you let him, oh, the healing. Oh, the healing. Worship team, come. Man. Cry, baby. Yep, that's me. As we think about Joshua chapter 1, the people of God were undergoing a time of change, stress, and sorrow. We go through the same exact things. The word of God for them and for him, for Joshua, is the same word of God for us. Be strong and courageous. Listen, you can be strong and courageous in the midst of change, stress, and sorrow. Also, remember the words of God that God spoke to Joshua, and not just the words strong and courageous, but all of the other words uh, surrounding our text. And so hear the encouraging words of God today in verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your foot. In verse 5, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. In verse 9, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so receive the words of the Lord and be encouraged. Understand that being strong and courageous, listen, being strong and courageous means we walk with God and he walks with us every step of the way. We are not alone. You're not alone. And God always has a plan. Word of the Lord says this. It says, remember this is what the Lord says in Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 21. Forget the former things and do not dwell or ponder on the past. See, listen carefully. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. Who's making a way? God is making a way in the wilderness and providing streams in the desert wasteland. Why would God do that? Because maybe he is developing your character. Maybe he is developing you as a person, developing that faith. I am making a way in the wilderness. I am providing streams in the desert wasteland. Why? To give drink to my people that they may proclaim my praise. In your change, in your stress, in your sorrow, you can proclaim the praises of your God because you recognize that God God did not disappoint, that God did not leave, that God is not absent, but he's there. He's with you. He's for you. New beginnings in him. This season matters to God as it matters to you. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, Frank. 
Be strong and courageous, Lynn. Be strong and courageous, Keegan. Cassandra, be strong and courageous. Verna, be strong and courageous. Crosspoint, be strong and courageous. We're going through change. Trust me, when I'm over at that church building, a little bit of stress every day comes my way. Even some sorrow when things are not working the way I would like them to. And I have to cry out to God. And I have to hold on to the hem of His garment. And I have to say, you got to keep moving forward. You can't quit. You can't quit either. Stand to your feet. Listen carefully, I am doing something new. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit teaching us, comforting us, counseling us. Thank you, God, that you never give up on us. Thank you, Lord, that you, this morning you want to heal us. This morning you want to give us strength, courage, you want to help us to, to know that, Lord, you are with us every step of the way, that, that this season, this hard season that we're facing, it will not be forever. This too shall pass. But in the meantime, Lord, you're right here. You're with us. The healing that you've begun, you're going to continue to do. The freedom that you've granted, you're going to continue to grant. You're doing a great and a mighty work in our lives. And we thank you for it. With your strength, we will be strong and courageous. In Jesus' name, amen.